ho, 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 and welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Santa Claus, and I'll be your host once again this week. It is December the 22nd, 2016. It's about three days before Christmas. Look at that. Hope you guys all got your shopping done. It's getting crazy out there. Telling you, there is madness at the Walmart right now. Mm-mm. It's no fun. But be careful. Be nice. Santa Claus is still watching you guys, you know. Got a couple more days to go. We'll make it. We'll make it. So what's going on in the pool world? Um, AZ Billiards has a, their latest edition of the Billiards Buzz is out hot off the press today. So if you haven't done so already and you want to get a fresh crop of news in your brain, drop on by and click on the Buzz tab. Great review of the uh, Moscone Cup proceedings and uh, some stats for you. And speaking of Moscone Cup and Matchroom Sports, our guest today will be Mr. Mark Wilson, the uh, former coach of Team USA. It's just been announced today that uh, they're going to pick somebody else to, uh, to replace him. So we've got Mark on here in a, a couple of minutes, and uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about that. And as far as uh, Matchroom goes, I also have to give you uh, an early warning about their upcoming World Pool Masters event coming up in uh, February 17th through the 19th on the Rock of Gibraltar. But it's going to be a fantastic field. Shane Van Bunning, Jason Shaw, Niels Fan, and Francisco Bustamante, and Ralph Suquet. The list goes on. 16 of the best players in the world battling it out. You're going to want to see that. It's going to be a good one. Uh, there will be a pay-per-view stream for that. So you want to check into that. Mark it on your calendar. Like I said, that's uh, February 17th through the 19th. You want to dig that. All right, kitties. Well, let's go wrap some presents. And we'll be right back with Mark Wilson after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. And I'm talking to the um, the former coach, or um, I guess captain of the Moscone Cup team, USA, Mr. Mark Wilson. How are you doing today, Mark? Well, it's not great, but it's okay. <laughs> what happened? Life of uh, being the captain of anything. Yeah. Well, before we talk about that, tell me how's the weather down there in in uh, Missouri? Oh, uh, well, it's 45. I just got in from doing a bunch of yard work. And- leaves mowing we got lucky it warmed up to just above freezing so uh a lot of the snow melted but uh sure enough there's another storm coming so it's just going to be back to the old uh winter grind here in a minute but you know we're getting in the christmas spirit so that's what you got to have some snow for that kind of stuff is uh you guys have any special plans for christmas this year celebrated a little bit last weekend i went to moline and the temperature there was negative eight and yeah. it warmed up to plus two <laughs> better i guess but anyway uh celebrated with my family and that was nice they were glad to see me i've been I had actually a few very very busy weeks and mm-hmm. really things have not much subsided since i've been home yeah i was just gonna say it's probably nice to get back around to the house you've been out and about um most of the month i suppose 
mm-hmm. with the whole Moscone Cup bit. So I guess we can talk about the, the elephant in the room. Um, Moscone, uh, or excuse me, Matchroom Sport has decided to uh, move ahead with another coach or captain. I don't know what the official title should be or will will be. But uh, now you are uh, retired as that job. How does that make you feel, sir? Uh, disappointed. Not not on a personal level, but just that I couldn't uh, produce a win because, you know, that would have certainly validated all the yeah. other things that we were trying to do sure. for the sake of the sport. And so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't frame it as a, a negative thing. It, it was not a, a, a circumstance where I quit. I was asked to be relieved or to, said they were going to move on with a different agenda. And so, sure. Uh, that that just goes hand in hand with whenever you're, yeah, in charge of something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that yeah, that's just the natural progression. You know what I mean? You've got to have new players. You got to have new coaches. It's going to happen at some point. So you know, how do you feel about uh, the your record, not as a coach, but how do you feel about the the last three years' performance overall? In terms of myself or in terms of my players? Well, as far as the, the teams, how do you feel about not – don't even include yourself in the picture. What, how do you feel about the last three years of performance? Um, not what we'd like it to be, for sure. sure. And the, the whole the whole uh, tenor was I was put in charge to win the Moscone Cup for Team USA, right. which was in dire need at the time. I think they'd lost four straight, which and now has moved out to seven. Yeah. And it's starting to look like maybe uh, we're not competitive at this point. I really think we, we could be, but I also think it's going to take some work. And uh, to the players' credit, that they've you know definitely put in extra effort and uh, tried to uh, describe to what I asked them. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it has to be an ongoing thing. We would have to work year-round, I think, to, to be competitive with Europe as opposed to maybe coming together just the last mm-hmm. little week. Right, right. Well, okay, so then, uh, now, now this is not a call for a list, but do you feel like, as a coach, that there, that there were some things that you would have liked to done, have done with the team that you were just not able to for time or expense reasons? In other words, did you want to do more and just couldn't, or do you feel like you did pretty much everything you wanted to do? No, no, not at all. We never got started. It was one of these things where when the team comes together just the last few days, and it's primarily budgetarily, right? Um, it, it's it's super hard, and always when when you're behind and trailing, the only way to catch up is to do extra work. So it was always been my agenda to begin in January to, mm-hmm. to give us a, a real chance, and then sure. when you try to uh, throw it together at the last minute, you can only do so much. And, and mm-hmm. while there was progress, it was just too limited to compete with the likes of sure. the talent that Europe presents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they are very strong players individually, and and clearly they are strong when they get together as a group as well. Um, and that's really one of those things that's hard to quantify. You know, uh, the team dynamic as it is is something. It's it's elusive. You know, it's hard to describe. It's hard to grab it in a bottle and say, "Here, drink this." It, it either happens or it doesn't. You know. Um, yeah. Right. So, uh, this might be a hard question to answer, just because I, you might not have thought about it that much yet. But have you had one of those? If I could go back and change something, thoughts yet? 
I don't really feel that it's. I don't have a regret in terms of no, no, not, not doing. Uh, yeah, it not nece- necessarily a regret, but like just looking back, thinking, you know, is this well, you know, maybe I could have done that, and maybe that would have done it. You know, is, have you had one of those? I'm not. I'm not saying that because you should have. I'm just asking if you've had a reflection on it. You know. I would say I have not uh, had a. Re- I haven't had one of those moments simply because everything that I did, even though it was uh, maybe didn't turn out the way I wished, was well intended and thought out beforehand. It wasn't like any kind of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, sure, right, right. So actually, you can always go back in hindsight and say, "Oh, if we would have did this, maybe that would have changed something." But, yeah, uh, everything was did with uh, gotcha. the utmost of uh, gotcha. the integrity of the sport mm-hmm. paramount. Do you? Um Another question that might be may or may not be hard to to answer. Do you agree with the format of the game as it is presented by Matchroom? Do you personally do you like the format or do you dislike the format? I love the format. Okay, because uh, one, it's exciting and entertaining. Pool lacks entertainment, and sure. when you play races to five and you have top tier talent on display. And then you have a big audience. I mean, the, that's the epitome of, you know, world-class sport. Right. And so uh, long sets is not the answer. It's great for us players. It's not great for the fans, and especially when you want to introduce and proliferate the sport. You sure. need something that's appealing to people, and most people's attention span won't support a long match. Right, right. So, in other words, rather than the format matching the players, the players need to match the format. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's much like the very first year we went to Blackpool, and in, and it was a super raucous crowd, and we were never um, presented with that, and so it's daunting. Yeah. But now, I mean, here we are playing to twice as many fans in London, and it wasn't daunting anymore. And it's just a matter of familiarity. Uh, players sure. will say, "Oh, this is bothersome," but then once they get used to it, now they won't be able to go back and play in regular <laughs> things because it'll be boring and tedious. Yeah, and, and if you really want it to be a sport, you do have to sell something. You have to sell a product or, or yeah. seats, or, uh, you know, sure. beverages. Or, sure. There's got to be something there, otherwise, how can you expect to get paid? So yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Or, you know, I mean, uh, Matching's got the, the right recipe here. We just need to be more of a team. Oh, I agree. The recipe is good. Uh, there, it's a fantastic event. I, I don't have any problems with it. The personally myself, the the format is very tight. You know, there are, there's very, 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 very little room for error. You just can't blink. You know, it's that it's that tight of a match. But nonetheless, um, okay, so new coach comes in. Uh, what would be your advice to the new coach? Well, I mean, every year we do a debriefing of the entire Moscone Cup, and there's a, a litany of lessons learned along the way. Right, but uh, certainly uh, players paying attention to social media is a, is a huge detriment. And whilst you try to impose rules when there's no um, how would I put it, there's no leverage that you can't bench a player or anything. So at that point, you're just merely uh, uh, maybe an advanced babysitter and hope that they will <laughs> abide by your uh, rules. Right. But uh, that being said, I would say that's one of the the biggest things it's very detrimental and i've seen players all three years absolutely wilt you know uh just simply because of negativity from people that yeah. only dream 
for playing in the Moscone Cup themselves. Right. I agree. I agree with that completely. Okay, so you, one one piece of advice would be to don't pay any attention to negative uh, negative publicity in whatever form it comes in, uh, because you, you, basically that's letting somebody get in your head, and it's hard not to. You know, when you're w watching idiots say stupid things about you, that's really difficult to deal with. Sometimes I understand completely. Well, I think it's not even negativity; it's positivity too. I think there's bigger. There's a bigger agenda there. You're, you're sure. there to try to win. So even if it was a po if it was positive, it's still you're thinking about the wrong things here. It's not about what people think of you. It's about uh, quality of the performance and getting up to put your best performance out there, not to uh, right. shut up somebody or or to gain more praise. That's true. That's true. And then that's that's good advice. Uh, what else might you say to the coach? What 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 else do they should the does Team USA need to move forward? Oh, I would say uh, well, one I think I think a lot of people take it way too serious. I mean, they forgot to have fun. They think this is life or death. It is not. You know, it's a sport at the end of the day, and if sure. you don't have fun, there's no way to perform at the level you need to. So mm -hmm. we always try to have fun in practice and in competition. However. When you when the score starts to go against you, that's right when you fracture. That's your weakest point, you know. And it, you look great when you're winning, but it's much uh, much more testimonial to what team you are or who you are individually right. when the score goes against you. And uh, I guess I would definitely uh, you're going to face adversity no matter what. So that's you right. might as well prepare the team. To, it's not going to be a wire to wire easy victory. It's going to be you're going to be tested. Well, that's you know absolutely true um, in every sense of the word. So, when it comes to the European players that just somehow make less mistakes, is is that is it is, is it that simple? Do the American team is that, is that what they need to just make less mistakes, or is there something else, some big secret, you know? tragedy that we just can't understand why they can't pull it off what what's the what's the problem well the the, the problem is just that you know uh, we miss half again as many balls so it makes it very difficult to, to compete you know when when the other team pockets the preponderance of all the balls and that's why there's a lot of nine balls in the middle of that so yeah this is what accounts for you know losing by decisive margin is the other team won more games and pocketed more balls and made less mistakes? Yeah. And so um, there, there's no quick remedy. It's not quick and easy is out of the equation. It's, <laughs> it's a long-term problem. You know, and, and most of us are impatient and want things to happen right away, but in this particular case, there, there will not be an easy fix. Right, and you bring up a good a, a good question. Um, let me ask you this, and and I know that there's more than just me that uh, that wonder this. You know, it, when at the end of the end of the day, you, you, if a coach or a captain is not making the actual shot for the player, the the player still has to do it himself. There's only so much you can do as a coach, and then the rest of that work has to be done by the players. So on the one hand, one can argue, you know, it doesn't matter who the coach is. Because the players know how to play nine ball already, et cetera, et cetera. All he has to do is just stand there and look pretty. On the other hand, there's people that firmly believe that a, the right coach can make the difference in a group of guys that are winning. 
or that can't win. Excuse me. Where are you are you on the spectrum? Do you believe that the coach can make a difference, or ultimately is it just up to the players and the coach is there to just supervise? Oh, the coach can definitely make a difference. You know, the, the, uh, but but how significant? I think it's less than what people mostly think. And uh, well, I just wonder from a coach's perspective, you know, where you where you see where a coach sees himself as like I can make the difference, or is it I, it's up to them? Well, um, <laughs> I, I would say the coach. If he puts forth leadership and he leads by example by putting forth a hundred percent effort, right. and then you hope that your players follow suit, then that's where you—that's about the distinction. But is the coach worth twenty percent? No, I don't think it's that significant. Is the coach worth seven percent? Right. Yeah, I think that's approximately the the right figure. So the right coach can make a difference. Obviously, uh, I, I would believe that, but uh, at the same on the same token, I think that uh, ultimately the players have got to do that work um because like i said you can't go out there and shoot the shot for him at the end of the day um do you um somehow i mean this another one of those hard but simple questions you know is it just a matter of the players having to practice more absolutely yeah i mean it's not god-given ability it's a work ethic right uh, when you look at uh European players, they're more focused on the sport and less about the money. And I think our players tend to be more focused on money. Mm. And it's a sport is secondary. And so that, that that's a culture shift that needs to be made in order to be competitive. And that's why there's potentially three teams in Europe that can compete with any of our best team here. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of time. There's, it's no secret and it's no magic. I mean, you... you only can do what you can do but right yeah no i'm sorry i don't mean to make the whole issue of winning sound so simplistic by just is it more of this or more of that i understand that there is a lot more to it than that um it it's just a, a natural thought process that people go through when they're trying to decipher what's the key to unlock the winning of this damn game you know what i mean because there's, mm-hmm. and it's not just one thing. It isn't just one thing. As we've talked about, it could be the coach. It could be, you know, this. It could be that. There's so much to it that I don't envy the job. Whoever it is that in, that, that ends up taking the position or gets <laughs> coerced into the position, I don't envy their job. Because uh, also, as we know, people they overestimate the power of the position and they underestimate the power of the position. It seems like one way or the other. They look at it like you're supposed to be able to make them win or they can win by themselves and they don't need you. You know what I mean? It seems to be in one way or the other and and either position, that's a lot of pressure. Where you're like, ah, well, I'm stuck in the middle. When you you look at uh, high-performance billiards, it's art form, and the tip has to strike within a millimeter of where you intend to strike it on the cue ball. Yeah. So you can't go out and yell at the person to run faster, or screaming and yelling and being animated is not necessarily going to be uh, what's needed because they need to be calm and focused. Right. So it's like it's not like if I said, David, you got to go out and run faster and jump higher, or or, or punch your opponent if you're a boxer. 
maybe maybe then some type of a emotional uh, coach could get something done. But running down every time a guy misses a ball and holding his hand, who's played every day all his life, right. it, I don't think that I don't think that displays anything except it's for the camera at that point, and it's actually a distraction. Right. And so uh, I, I I never did understand the thought process, but. When you're winning, that looks like you're really doing something. And then when you're not winning, that looks like you're not doing something. You know, <laughs> so it's easy to cast that. But exactly. I don't think it's actually productive, and most of the players don't find it appealing, nor do I as the captain. I have you down there because I believe in you. I don't have to run down there and hold your hand and tell you to do it better. No. You already know that you made a mistake. Right, right. Well, no, that's the way I feel. Um, I was talking to Mark Cantrell about that exact issue and i said hey you know what i if i was down there struggling with my game the last thing i want is a bunch of people standing behind me patting me on the back i'm trying to concentrate <laughs> you know like leave me alone i'm trying to focus here don't you know go away that would be right. but that's just right. me you know what i mean uh, i wouldn't take it as if you didn't support me i would take it like get away i'm trying to think here but right right you don't want to be a distraction uh, yeah i know that's what i'm saying that's the way i look at it is i, I don't want the distractions, just something else to think about, but that just doesn't make for great television. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. That's good. All right. Well, um, I think it's time to wish everybody uh, a wonderful holiday, a wonderful, safe, happy holiday uh, to you and yours down there and the family down in the St. Louis area, there, Mr. Wilson. Thank you very much. And, you know, I would just like to say for all my supporters for the last three years that have contributed and sacrificed so much, it's sincerely appreciated. Uh, we've made some good progress, and I think we've laid some foundation that will will help the sport uh, reclaim its previous known stature and maybe improve upon it. Mm-hmm. And uh, naturally, I'm a, a big shout-out to American Believers Radio because they always come through and always support. Ah, oh, gee, thanks, Mark. We, uh, it 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 makes us happy to support Pool in in any way that we can. And just I'm gonna pass that shout out right on to the listeners. Thanks, guys, uh, for being there. Thanks for tuning in as always and being supporters. Um, we love doing this job and we love Pool, and that's we just wanna you know see it grow and see it continue. Thanks, Mark, again for your time. We really appreciate it, sir. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays and be safe. We do not want to read about you in the paper tomorrow, okay? See you next week. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us at American Billiard Radio.